Broadcast from the centre of England, this is Waffle On About Faulty Towers. Welcome to this new edition of Waffle On about Faulty Towers. And as usual, I am joined by Mr. Kelly. Hello. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk about Faulty Towers today, but before we do that, we've got the housekeeping to do. And I don't mean cleaning your disgraceful looking flat that we sit in at the moment. It's, uh, it's the shambolic, it's uh, hovel, it's, you know, it's the flat, isn't it? Bohemian. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's like a ancient, it's like a Victorian Paris. Shithole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, once again... Language? Sorry. You, your language getting worse on this. I'm trying to curb my bloody I've language. Been, I've been to work today. You've yeah, I have I've been watching holiday. Yeah. <laughs> We're outside the Waffle On uh, studios again, and for the next... Uh, for the next few podcasts, um, we're going to be out and about for um, uh, various reasons. Um, well, what? Baby. <laughs> Babies, yes. Uh, not it, what? No, it may not be mine. I don't know about it. <laughs> uh, baby. Anyway, we've got some housekeeping, so Cal, you can talk about that for a minute. Yep. Thanks for all the people who've uh, joined our uh, little community. It's only 70 of you, but you could start a revolution with that amount of people, especially my man Vincent Price. <laughs> And as the waffle lands go on, more people understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> and uh, and of course your mates. Are, uh, oh, I'm yeah. enthusiastic. Yeah, he ain't sent us nothing in lately. Where is he? I've he hasn't. Them. I did put a shout out, and uh, he's uh, he's let us. I think maybe maybe, maybe he's got uh, so enthusiastic. Can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> can't even bother saying he can't be bothered. He is enthusiastic. He's I just, know, he's, I like, like he's just he's laid back. It's cool. It's like you know, he's like uh, one of my favourite all-time comedians, Stephen Wright. He was mm. the same in America, weren't he? Yeah. Stephen Wright was like that. Very drawn. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, before we insult anyone else in our, <laughs> in our listen, yes, uh, please do join up to the Facebook if you already haven't. Um, we know who hasn't. We know where. Go on, just go on and abuse uh, us if you want. We don't care. Yeah, we, we could just. Uh, yeah. No one has abused us, actually. No, I'm, in fact, just, I'm fact, disappointed uh, by that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you as well to everyone who's left us comments uh, on iTunes. Um, please keep on doing that, even if you want to leave a new comment, yeah. um, because obviously it does attract uh, more listeners. And yeah. um, as we're a podcast that doesn't have a specific subject, because obviously yeah. we talk about a different program or film, we're actually going to do a couple of films uh, yeah, in the yeah. next Because we're both massive film fans. and the only, the only rule is, though, is that the film has to be British and it has to be made Between what years? Be- before 1999. Before 1999, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a shame because we're just talking, we've just watched an amazing British film, but maybe in 10 years' time we can talk about that. Yeah, well, we should be just. We, we had, yeah, I mean, we, well, we, we, our next uh, podcast is actually going to be about Get Carter. Um, so anybody who wants to send us, no, don't bother sending us any comments because it'd be pointless because we're recording yeah, yeah. it next. Yeah, yeah, that'd be <laughs> Which good. Would be, uh, oh, we could easily slip it in. But um, yeah, we, we just watched Bronson and uh, a fabulous film. And uh, and typical enough, and this is a this is a shout out against uh, Sinanes. Uh, oh. uh, I would just like to point out, you are rubbish. Yeah. Right? I go to a small indoor in Bromsgrove. I don't care if we're advertising it called the Art Tricks. It's a lovely little art house cinema. I have to wait a month for decent films to come on. I don't mind waiting. And you know why? I'll pay money for it. Cal, you go to the Electric Cinema in Birmingham yeah. for the exact same reason. Yeah. Um, you can't watch decent films. If it hasn't got a bloody yeah. 3D which is really getting on my go. Yeah, especially because you have to pay for the bloody glasses. I know. Can and it's rubbish. And I thought yeah, there's yeah. only one... Anyway, let's not do anyway. that. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who do agree, especially if uh, in America you've got a wide selection of... Uh, maybe you haven't, though. Maybe they haven't. I'm not too sure. I don't know, I think, uh, well, I don't know they sort of invented the, the big cinema chains in America, aren't they? Oh, but I, 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 I think they've got more of the... Yeah. I think they've got more of the actual screens open to independent films, and I think there's a bigger market for the independent. Well, as well, I think uh, in America, it's um, you know um, championed a bit more independent yeah, film. I, and, I, uh, that's like that film Brunson. I bet you that was shown in the cinemas. It, we're here, never got a showing in. Birmingham. Didn't get you straight oh. to DVD, and, and there you go. Yeah. So anyway, uh, going back to our program, we're going to be talking about Forty Towers, and as per usual, what best way to start off the podcast than to play the theme tune. Thank you. 
Okay, yeah, Faulty Towers uh, theme tune there. Now, uh, Faulty Towers hit our screens on the 19th of September, 1975. I was around about ooh, 14 days into being two mm-hmm. years old. And I was and, uh, one and a bit. Was one and a bit. And uh, so obviously we would yep. have... Uh, it was, <laughs> was it a small bit? <laughs> it, was a very small, it was a very small bit. And uh, and obviously we wouldn't have seen this when it was first shown. And But uh, we, we both were um, fans of school of Faulty yep. Towers. Can you remember when you first... Sorry. Uh, repeat 1979. Is that second series? The second series, uh, we should point out, there's two series of Forty Towers. There was only 12 episodes ever made. This has actually been an influence to uh, some modern British TV, yeah. uh, notably Ricky Gervais yeah. and Steve Merchant. And who, still, uh, yeah, still use that as a and still use that. Only, only uh, ever do two series. And rightfully so, because extras only did two series with a special uh, and two specials. Yeah. And um, so did The Office with. Um, and uh, uh, Phoenix Knights. And Phoenix Knight, two yeah, series. two series, but I um, don't want to talk about him. No, no. He's, it, no it was very good for two series. And oh, yeah, definitely, else. yeah. Um, so, uh, Faulty Towers, yeah, uh, created by John Cleese and Connie Booth. Now, we know John Cleese mainly through Monty Python, Monty Python and uh, obviously he worked with David Frost to start well, off well, You got that in really quick. I'm going to get that in really quick. Well, them two... Knocking it off at the time. Well, Connie Booth. Yeah. Well, yeah. John Cleese and Connie Booth was actually married to each other. Um, they got married during the Python years. Oh. Um, interesting thing about that is um, they were married, but they actually got divorced uh, round about. I think it was round about nineteen seventy-seven. Uh, 78 but they continued writing together and they they started writing the second series of Faulty Towers um, during the filming of Life of Brian mm. and uh, and so just because to show their professionalism that the fact that they stayed True, friends and writing minute, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's quite a strong thing to be able to do that is really isn't it because mm. I, was it couldn't have been very uh, what's the word I'm looking for easy yeah to was, uh, yeah, yeah. Was it was it quite? It couldn't have been a quite, um, you know, a horrible breakup. Could it? Was no, it, it was like a mutual thing where they just. I think it was. I mean, John Cleese is, by his own admittance, he's not the most easiest of people no. to get along with. Uh, he's, he's uh, I think, you know, he's well into his psych, um, psych, psychoanalysis. Yeah, psychoanalysis. And uh, I actually do believe Connie Boovey's, um He's a professional um, yeah, psychologist. She, she is now, isn't I she? Think. Yeah, I think well, so. We'll, we'll probably yeah, yeah. come to that a bit later on. But, uh, but yeah, they wrote, um, they wrote um, Faulty Towers um, from 19... Uh, he's left Monty Python. Uh, it's well known that they, they concentrate like uh, uh, four months per episode to get it right. And I was that meticulous on getting That's each amazing, episode right. Like, and you watch it, and there, there isn't a, an episode of Faulty Towers that is bad. No. I, well, it didn't... I think a lot, still most comedians, even like the newer ones who come along, do you think you're not going to be into such old-fashioned comedy? We always talk about it as the... I don't know, it's like the holy grail of comedy, isn't it? It's like, it's the perfect sitcom, isn't it? It is the, the perfect sitcom. It, you know, it's it's too perfect. That, that's why... Nothing's you, beating you it. You can't no, beat no. it, because, you know. It may not be everyone's cup of tea, humour-wise. I'm not saying that, but the actual plotting and the characters yeah. and the script, is just spot on. That was a good uh, bit. Though. I like the way that you said cup of tea there because that actually prompted that, me to drink the rest of our tea before it went cold. Say what you see. <laughs> say what you see. No, we're not doing a no, Roy we're not Walker. Special of Roy Walker. No, but as you said, there was a uh, recently. I think it was maybe was it two years ago in which a um, <clears throat> program was broadcast on Britain's comedy, yeah. uh, and it was. Uh, and I think in the top was Porridge, which was hosted by Johnny Balls and Horses and. Faulty Towers. Now, was it Jack D who did the Faulty Towers episode? Was it Jack D who did Faulty Towers? No, that's a good point. Well, not too Sounds good. Well, it could have been Vicky Gervais, maybe. Mm. Anyway, because um, he actually won that, he won Britain's best um, top comedy, and you know, there's no getting away from it. It is considering how old it is now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, it is up there with the best. And you know, Rory McGrath, who I really like, mm-hmm. very funny man, very clever man. Can't, hair, can't stand it. Yes, I know. He can't stand it, and I've never heard anyone say that. Mm. And he had some really weird reasons because there was a program mm. on where it was like making people watch stuff that they didn't mm. like, and he still never liked it. I think the reason why he didn't like mm. it is that John Cleese is very well known um, for structuring his writing, his sketches. In fact, it's something that I I try to do with uh, when I write my sketches for the Danger Signs. Is you've got your plot, you've got your points. You have a point of what you want to make. That's the whole point of a sketch or a show, right? But then you go off on tangents 
almost like mm. like a massive spider it's spider like a spider graph right and you put your ideas around of what you want to happen in it and then you try and figure out what goes on so that's mm-hmm. radical when you think yeah. about it as other writers will go bang I've got an idea let's talk about it let's write about it and get yeah. it on the page Cleese doesn't and I think that's the problem with the Roy McGrath thinks I think it's not Roy spontaneous, more spontaneous yeah, I know what you mean because it is like it's quite um, in a way it's quite a cynical way of doing comedy isn't it but yeah. you know I'm not saying it's a bad thing but it's worked, it worked, it worked, it worked so. but I can see why a lot of people if you're into the you know into the genius of comedy where it just should be just funny you're, mm. you're like yeah. I can, but He's the only person I've ever known, so he's obviously wrong. But well, no, because again, he's like uh, it's, it's his barker to his opinion, isn't it? It's like he's still wrong, though, yeah, he is wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. So, <laughs> and the origins. Now, before we talk about who's in uh, Forty Towers, um, there is a nice little story actually of uh, where um, the idea for Forty Towers comes from. Do you know it? Uh, I think I know. Uh, is it something to do with they were filming? Uh, was it Holy Grail and was it Holy, Holy Grail they're doing Holy Grail and they're stopped in oh no it wasn't it was something like that they were doing filming some stopped in the, the hotel where there was a man who was just like Basil Ford yeah, exactly. something like what, what, what was it that it was Holy Grail yeah. Holy Grail it was, yeah. uh, it was right about 1970 uh, and uh, the Python team was stopping in the Glen Eagles Hotel um, there is actually a reference to a uh, Glen Eagles Hotel in the episode called The Builders which we'll come into about uh, in, actually in Torquay um, now <laughs> the owner the proprietor the Glen Eagles Hotel was uh, called Donald Sinclair and uh, John Cleese later described him as the most marvellously rude man I have ever met uh, Sinclair's behaviour was such as throwing a timetable at a guest who uh, asked when the next bus was due uh, placing Eric Idle's suitcase behind a wall in the garden on the suspicion that it contained a bomb yeah. actually it contained a ticking alarm clock and he also criticised Terry Gilliam's table manners for not being British yeah, oh, that's true that is. what was it uh, something to do with the meat he wasn't was switch, he switching his hands with his uh, fork whilst eating uh, they all left the hotel and they couldn't put up with it except for John Cleese and Connie <laughs> Booth who, who sat there th- enjoying uh, yeah. uh, his antics they uh, afterwards when uh, Cleese never talked about the actual influence of um, of Forty Towers until rather recently and uh, the Sinclair family actually did take it to um, wasn't too happy about it well you could yeah because um, you can say because he doesn't make him out to be a nice man no I don't think well we don't know him so we can't say no. but the point is though is that I would love to go and stop at that oh. hotel yeah you know um, so, so any kind of advertisement really is good. In the time of blandness, all these chain hotels where they're all like bloody automatons behind the thing, it'd be funny to have someone actually got a bit of personality. It cares about what the exactly, where they yeah. are. Actually, I nearly went to a um, uh, a party that was you know you get these. Do you uh, know what can say then? Right. I was into an orgy. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why that was on my mind there. Boy, yeah, that's I, bro- I broadcast that over the airwaves. <laughs> No, I went to, you know, you get these um, murder mystery evenings, murder oh, mystery yeah, parties. Yeah. And uh, we was going to go to one at the, you know, the place where I got married. Well, not, like, not the church where I got married, but the reception <laughs> where they had <laughs> it. Murder mystery <laughs> weekend at the church. church. Um, but in the reception where I got married, they have uh, like a James Bond night. Yeah. The Forty Towers night, where a proper a proper theatre group, not just people dressed up as bad as but an actual theatre group go around to various hotels. Actually do, and there's a, there's a guy dressed as man. Oh, that, is that the one that, I'm sure that's at the uh, Fringe Festival, isn't it? Is there a show like that where you can go, you can go, there is because you can go for a meal and all the people play the parts, mm, yeah. don't they? That's it, it's like a murder yeah. mission. Oh, so brilliant, that's brilliant idea, that is. Okay, so um, Fawlty Towers starred uh, four main actors, four main characters. Uh, John Cleese played the lead, which was uh, Basil Fawlty, who can only be described as uh, a pompous... Um, would you say obsessed by class? Yeah, a little Englander. Uh, yeah, Definitely little, a little, little Englander, doesn't it? Little Hitler. Yeah, little yeah. Little Hitler in England. Uh, his wife, um, uh, his basket of wasps, um, played by the wonderful Prunella Scales. Um, the waiter, uh, called uh, Manuel, yep, yep. Uh, played by Andrew Sachs. <laughs> Andrew Sachs. And uh, Connie Booth played um, Polly. Now, Polly, out of all of them, in fact, probably really only Manuel and Polly are the innocent people in the whole shows Manuel is just an immigrant worker um, who can English very yeah. well probably couldn't get away with doing that that's nowadays. called a stereotype um, very much a stereotype but yeah. in a funny way in yeah. fact in um, in Spain when they uh, remade Faulty Towers they made they, that in Spain yeah they actually uh, changed him from being Spanish to Italian oh so they could laugh at the Italian so way yeah. the Italians, yeah. uh, and Connie Booth's uh, art student Polly um, was the most intelligent one around. She was the one well, who she tried was, to, yeah. to get like you know, Cle- well, uh, Basil out of trouble and uh, 
and uh, and keep the place going. As you said, there was 12 episodes, uh, each lasting around about 30 to 35 minutes. Now, there's two, um, there's a rumour, and there's also a fact to this now. Um, there's a sketch that they filmed whilst filming Forty Towers that was advertised not the nine o'clock news oh. which started when Forty Towers actually ended and uh, basically it was Basil turning around saying because um, you know British TV is so rubbish you're going to have to put up with this dross which then would have been the first episode of the nine o'clock news that unfortunately was never broadcast because of a political broadcast uh, commercial like, and they showed it later on on the repeat but of course that didn't work because oh. some of Gardner's world so that is about it. somewhere in the... yeah I have actually seen it and yeah. I think it's actually on a DVD. Uh, although I haven't checked my own DVDs, I actually watched it on YouTube. Um, the rumour is, is that there's actually a 13 episode. That is it. Is it just a bit of an urban? Yeah, for for years um, there was this rumour that there was a 13th episode um, wrote and filmed, but has never been shown. John Cleese has never said that it exists. Neither uh. has anybody else. I, I've got to be honest with you now that this shows, you know. 30 odd year, 33 years old I think it would have come out by now with yeah, uh, YouTube and uh, I mean, it doesn't exist it's just a, it's just a pure rumour oh it's a good way of getting people bloody uh, keep talking about it though isn't it oh we are yeah there you go ok now the series is uh, actually set in uh, Torquay in Devon but none of it was shot there well, I was going to say where was it shot where was it uh, it was actually shot at um, as I look at the screen <laughs> uh, the exterior filming was shot at the hotel in Woburn Grange County Club in Buckinghamshire uh, ah. no, I don't I listen to, <laughs> to this podcast myself yeah. <laughs> uh, it was later actually served as a nightclub named Basil's for a short time unfortunately it was destroyed in a fire uh, in March 1991 and uh, I, had, I was actually going to go to that place yeah. visit it and uh, I remember finding out when um, we was at, actually me and you was at college um, oh. that it had burnt down, which was a uh, outside filming location. Was mainly done around Harrow in um, in North London, um, most notably Northridge Park. Um, that's where you see him hitting the the car with the trees and, yeah. and everything like that. So um, before we go into talking about the each episode, uh, little bit so what what would you say is uh, what would you describe Forty Towers as? A sitcom. Really? <laughs> Definitely, I think it's a sitcom in its purest form. It's a comedy about situations that happen in their lives. I, I think a lot of people see it as a bit of a farce, but no. I don't think it's a farce because it's not it's not silly. I don't no. think it's, it has silly moments in it, mm. but it's not silly like Carry On. I see, I see Carry On as a farce mm. because and on the buses as a farce. Right. All them kind of things are farcical. Because you think these situations would never happen. That situation, things would, could happen in Forty Towers. Mm. There ain't nothing that's completely out, out there and thinking that, but that's unrealistic. It's, it's, it's kept in the reality, isn't See, it? See, I actually disagree with you. What? Disagreeing on our own podcast. <laughs> uh, I actually do think it is a fun. The reason is, is because it has farcical elements in it. You go and see a, like a farce on, a, on stage... It's always uh, I'm, not, I'm not well. I probably am going to stereotype, uh, stereotype a typical farce where someone's running Ooh. around the sofa, chips over the, the rug, and falls behind it as the vicar walks in and all that. Yeah. Now you look at Forty Towers. There's there's essences of hitting somebody around the head with a frying pan, farce. Um, having a, a picture fall off the wall, hitting you on the head, farce. Mm. Um, running through kitchens into dining rooms, out of dining rooms into reception, a farce. So there are elements of it, mm. I think. Mm. You might be right, but you are wrong. <laughs> but, uh, because that denigrates the writing. Farce is all about the visual. To me, it's about the written word. That's what makes Forty Towers great to me. It's the script that zips along and all the wordplay. Farce is not known for its wordplay, and that's why I think it's more in the but situation. But do, do you not think, though, that John Cleese is more of a He is uh, a visual, visual comedy, comedian. he is. But... I always think yeah, again, somebody, yeah but I mean in every episode of it you either smack around the head yeah. with either one his hand um, a flying fire extinguisher blah blah blah, blah on the backside, hide him in the basket of laundry that's fast but it's visual comedy mm. I don't know I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know what you're saying I think it's got farcical elements in it but to me it's a comedy about the situations that happen this whole world mm. that this little this little microcosm that's the word I'm looking yeah, I mean, for is, I mean it is categorised as a you know, sitcom I know that can be a very a lot of things it can mean a lot of things I suppose a bit of yeah, I suppose it has got farcical elements I suppose this is the reason why it's so popular because it has got lots of things in it well, yeah it's got a lot it's like, it's like probably the best food cake in the world ever it's got a lot of, lot of ingredients in yeah. it and it all gels together to make a nice stodgy yeah. piece I of see, I see it's a farce if it is a farce it's a farce as in like uh, the young ones so 
the young ones has got people being hit on the head but you wouldn't call young young ones a farce would you would you call it a sitcom I'd call it a sitcom mm. even though there's people getting hit on the heads and flying up out to the moon and sp- <laughs> so yeah. I don't know it's a and I think it, I, you know, it's got farcical elements in it but I see I don't like the term farce it means it's not it's got nothing of worth to me it's got worth really though I, mean, well, I can see where you're coming from to, to a certain point but I think there's, there is a great love of farce I mean a, a lot of early silent comedies is isn't yeah. it when you think about it I mean where would you be without and I'm not, I'm not saying Buster Keaton because you're, you're, you're not a massive but... I know you're not a massive fan of Charlie Chaplin are you um no uh, Without going into Blackadder goes forth. Yeah. Um, I'm not a great fan of Charlie Chaplin, but I appreciate his work. Yeah. I just think um, I think other people are overlooked. I think uh, I think people just think, oh, you know, name me a silent comedy star, yeah, then people will automatically say Chaplin. And I think, yeah, I mean, I'm not. He's a genius. I mean, well, he, he wrote was a, and directed. Oh, yeah, well, was, but I, st- I, I still think Keaton is Keaton yeah, is more superb. Harold Lloyd for me was an inspiration yeah. one because he wore glasses. Yeah, um, you, yeah. But also the fact that, of course, you know, I mean, we are going to. I don't think we are going to do a, a special about um, silent comedies. But just one to go without going too much into it. I mean, you know, Harold Lloyd lost several of his fingers in an explosion uh, during filming, yeah. and you, you can't tell. I know. And to me, that, that's just. And he wasn't even a comedy actor, was he? Yeah, he wasn't. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's say certainly we'll talk about uh, Basil Ford, the main character in his snobbish miserable uh, <laughs> uh, bloke uh, there's, I'm reading up on him uh, I mean I've got the, the scripts and everything like yeah, that yeah, and I've seen the episode you used to bang about this at school oh yeah, <laughs> well, yeah well, I had three books that I always yeah. used to read to school was the Monty Python scripts and the, faulty, the complete Faulty Tales I've still got the same copies yeah, at and the Sherlock Holmes book isn't it, aren't I know, yeah my, my Sherlock Holmes yeah uh, that's another episode that we, we didn't have to do and other, uh, other magazines you used to bring but we can't talk about them on the <laughs> <laughs> no and, uh, made, a, made a fair amount of money yeah, yeah. thief porn yeah. thief shut up <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, did you know that Basil actually served in the Korean War I was going to say what, really no. I mean you mean oh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no I didn't know that, that was, yeah. I, when was that mentioned in what uh, that is actually mentioned in oh, I don't think it, I don't know can tell you really. Um, it just says here that uh, he was a cook for the British Army, <laughs> and yeah. that's where he always is. That where he got his bit of a inferior, yeah, 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 yeah. I think his inferiority he's, complex. Yeah. He wasn't as proper soldier, even though they are. But you know, a fighting soldier. But that's also the reason why he's, he's very. Um, he always looks after the major. No, he always keeps an eye on oh, him. Oh, the you know, yeah. he's a brilliant character. Um, we all, you know, I mean, Basil is the main character. He's the character everybody likes, isn't he? Yeah. The day, and uh, as you say, he's so amazingly snobbish. Um, you think how on earth could a man like that actually you can see why they don't have children you know what I mean well they sleep in separate beds for a start yeah. how old is he meant to be in that do you know uh, how old was he when he was how old was uh, John Cleese ooh gosh he must have been what? in his thir- like 30s I think he was maybe early 40s early 40s, early 40s. so he's sort of playing about the same age mm. playing his the moustache doesn't help doesn't it no it's hard it's hard that, that ages him a bit well Sybil um, Sybil Fawlty played by Prunella Scales really he's a uh, he is, you know, oh god, just she doesn't take any crap, does she? No, no she's a very strong well, woman. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it works, isn't it? It really works. Oh, yeah, I mean, Basil refers to a. Well, he's <laughs> henpecked, really, isn't oh, he? Yeah, he, he, is. he is. That golfing puff adder, the dragon, toxic <laughs> midget, yeah. the saber toothed tart, <laughs> and my little nest of vipers. Uh, which I've used uh, uh, every now and again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. that one. My, my little nephew. Uh, well, Basil is absolutely terrified of her. Yeah. He, he 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 shows off in front of people that he's the one in charge. But if he hasn't done a job, yeah. he's in trouble. I'll tell you something interesting. To digress. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now I know we were going to mention this, but you talk about it's been remade. What about the terrible remake that was in the states? Mm. Right, where it was a woman playing his character. <laughs> so what did they do? Did they have the no, they just took the character of Buzz of Fawlty out altogether. So Sybil mm. was the... The main person we know. I did the... Well, that's why he didn't get picked up for a series. I'd love to see that pilot, though. I'd love oh. to see that. Because it has been... Sh- it was shown, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was shown on like, a syndication. Oh, I'd love to see that, though. Just like, how oh. bad it was. The thing is, is that I could imagine it being... Because it's set... Well, I mean, the whole, <laughs> according to... Um, where we've got our info from and, and the DVD um, Sibylum uh, were married on the 17th of April 1958 you get that from the anniversary episode um, and they started their hotel up in nineteen in 1960 and we're watching them in the 1970s so they've obviously been running a hotel for over 15 years yeah so they've been doing it's it well it's got that 70s if you watch it 
They don't look like they're in the 70s. Basil doesn't look like he's in the 70s. Sybil doesn't look like she's in the 70s. Neither does Polly or Mamal. The guests do. The guests, yeah, because, yeah. They don't. And that's what's times about. Never date your, your programme. Yeah. Trouble with the young ones. It's true. Yeah, it's a bit dangerous. Even though, like, still brilliant. Oh, still, still really brilliant, funny. Yeah. But if you were a young person watching that now, you'd think, what's all that about a lot of crap yeah not the comedy just the actual they don't the understand is, the political world or yeah, anything I mean, like the, that the fun thing about 40 Towers is I think you can go back and watch any episode of 40 Towers any time you could watch in, in fact yeah. both series in one day yeah. I can't, can't watch Basil the Rat too much because I've just saw it so bloody that's much that's the final one eh? yeah, so I'm really. a bit like that actually with the Germans you know oh god it's just you've saw it so it's just, much it's just the clip yeah. they always play isn't yeah. it? and sorry but we're playing that clip yeah but it ain't you sort of got to I think that but as I say, that's a plenty of time. I don't think you can do that with the young ones. I can't, I can't pick the young ones out of the DVD collection and go, I'm going to put it on and watch it and think, oh, well, I really want to watch another episode. And the reason why that is because I think it's dated. Faulty Towers hasn't dated, and I think it's because they haven't made it look. You could take that set, the set of Faulty Towers, now and stick it in the year 2009. Yeah, and keep them in their clothing and get away with it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's because harmless. they're just and, be, yeah. But, and going back to what you were just saying about the American remake. If you go back and look at early 80s American programmes, there's something about the colour that's filmed in it. You go back and watch something like Taxi know, or something no, I like that. I think it's to do... No, I'm going to get this too. I think it's to do with... the. It, there was Technicolor. Technicolor mm. was in the 70s, and then in the 80s it changed over into a different colour format. This is a really boring thing to be talking about, isn't it? But, um, well, somebody will be out there going, no. No, yeah, yeah, someone this. tell us, but I'm sure it's something to do with America that they changed over the format of the colour because Technicolor, I don't yeah, know. Because if you watch like, the 60s, though, like um, that one that starred in the. Um, I can't remember what it was called now, but they smashed the guitar. Not they smashed the guitar, he smashes the guitar. Yeah, it's. Uh, was it the uh, Ed O'Sullivan? Was it no, Ed? not the Ed O'Sullivan. It was the one. Um, no, I can't remember what it's called. But they look really, the colours look overly vibrant. Yes, And it looks typically 60s. That's technical. And in the 70s, yeah, that... you get the typical 70s look. You know, you watch an episode of Taxi. And he's like, yeah. But the thing is with British TV, is that because, one, we had no money, <laughs> yeah. and other BBC cameras have been the same ones they use up to round about 1987 or something ridiculous, everything still looks the same. And I think if, it's like the American uh, um, production of Red Dwarf. We've talked about it, yeah. um, It looks it looks awful it looks like it has been it's, it's supposed to be a futuristic program but it looks like it's set in the 80s yeah. well uh, Star Trek Next Generation the first, oh, the, first the, the, series. The, the, the way it looks Ooh. looks so old fashioned now oh. you, you can't you can't watch you it you can't watch it now I mean and, and we love TNG oh yeah and you know it's great stories it just looks so the effects and everything's crap in it isn't it it looks uh, yeah. terrible even Wesley actually Wesley Crusher uh, which yeah. will and then post beard come and then we're post right beard is the same as Deep Space Nine. <laughs> as soon as uh, Cisco gets that beard, the show shaves <laughs> his head, gets the beard, the show is wicked. Yeah. The same with Riker. In fact, it gets better when Riker puts some weight on. Yeah, I see. Post beard gets his saxophone out. Then, gets his then, you know, it's no, his trombone. His trombone. Yeah. Anyway, that's for another episode. <laughs> yeah. um, let's just talk a little bit about Connie Boo's character. Uh, I mean, Connie Boo, uh, mainly a writer, uh, uh, and she's an American actress, was in a couple of uh, Python episodes. She was the girl in Lumberjack um, sketch. It was her and Carol Cleveland. And, uh, and she was also in um, Holy Grail. Um, she played the witch. Yeah, uh, fair cop. When she gets uh, they, they, they pull her on the scales. Uh, you know? but yeah, she looks different in that, yeah. Well, yeah, she's playing a witch. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's, got a pop, pop, she's got a parsnip stuck on her nose. Think about it. I think I'm <laughs> picturing it in my head now, and I can see. I can see <laughs> and Manuel, played by uh, Andrew Sachs, who's uh, is a constantly confused Spaniard from Barcelona, um, who basically only ever says "que." Uh, we've got to say this. Uh, I think it's worth saying that uh, I don't really know Andrew Sachs from being in anything else apart no. from Forty Towers. I do know that he's done an awful lot of work, him, and obviously now he's uh, he's more famous for his granddaughter. Yeah. Let's not go there. I think we talked about it before, haven't we? Yeah. Um, there was some regular, regular other characters that came into it. Terry, played by Brian Hall, was the laid-back Cockney chef. Oh, yeah, he was a good character, he was. And uh, he recently, actually only recently passed away, I believe. Did he? Yeah, he's, uh, I think he died of actually of a brain tumour or something oh. like that. So, uh, fortunately, Brian, uh, Brian died. There was a major game played by the wonderful Ballard yeah. Berkeley, uh, who was a slightly senile old soldier. And you'd never get away with that character now, because... 
there's a few little bits of race, isn't it? He says, doesn't it? Because when he talks about going to the cricket game, <laughs> yeah. Well, he actually says, uh, uh, I think it's actually that's in the episode of the Germans, and uh, we're quoting this here now. Yeah. So uh, please don't take this uh, any other way. But in the episode, uh, he demonstrates his outdated attitudes towards race, where he makes clear the ethnic differences between wogs and niggers, yeah. uh, but in a manner pretty innocent, um, because he he, he comes from, from that the, time. Yeah, he's colonial. He's not colonial. He's colonial, colonial yeah, mate, which of course. You, you see Basil blatantly standing there with utter shock and yeah. disapproval. But of course, the major is like a, the senile old, a, yeah, old, old old guy. A wonderful, wonderfully played by him. Uh, again, these are people that are sadly no longer no longer. With. He must have been knocking on them, wasn't he? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you had Miss Tibbs and Miss Gatsby played mm. by uh, Gilly Flower and Rennie Roberts. Uh, um, they actually turned up in an episode of uh, Only Fools and Horses uh, playing those same characters uh, as a little bit of a homage yeah ah. um, there was a couple of other boy, uh, people there was Audrey who was uh, in the anniversary but there's an important person who uh, we're going to talk about the episodes in a moment there's a very, one important boy boy? yeah Mr. Paperboy huh? now do you know why? why? now on virtually every episode apart from the Germans Forty Towers starts off with a shot of the sign saying Forty Towers. Yes. Throughout the episode, throughout the series, the sign changes, doesn't yeah. it? It's the paper boy who's yeah. doing. Oh, now, blood, now I tell you what, that's worth doing this alone for learning that. <laughs> that's really good. There you go. Isn't that, it? I, mean, I like that. I like to surprise you. Yeah, that's that's, a, oh, that's going to stay in my mind now for at least ooh, a few hours. Five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> drift out. Okay, so shall we talk episodes? No. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> and that was Waffle on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Okay, now I'm going to read out the episode, but I want you to talk about it. Oh, That's put you on the spot. No, dun, no, dun, right. dun, dun, right. dun. I can take the pressure. No, okay, can't. No, can't. You're sweating. You're sweating. <laughs> uh, okay, the very first episode of Faulty Towers uh, is called A Touch of Class. This was broadcast on September the 9th, 1975. And uh, the sign, we're actually going to tell you what the sign says on the outside just for, uh, just oh, for all of them. Yeah. Uh, in, on this one, it's the S that's slightly crooked. Yeah. Um, special guest star. And this is uh, Michael Gwynn as Lord Melbury and Robbie, uh, Robin Ellis as Danny Brown. Kel, synopsis of um, A Touch of Class. Now, at the top of my head, because <laughs> no, you have put me on the spot here. <laughs> so you got, now, is this the one with the... Um... I can see you're trying to look at my screen. No, I'm not. <laughs> all right, no, sorry, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'll look the way. No, we're not the other way. No, because the microphone's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're wrong. Uh, is this the one with the... Um... The, the con man yes it is now this is probably my third excellent the uh, pilot sort of like, well not pilot was actually the first one no, just because I think this shows straight away what this series is going to be all about yeah this is a man trying to be trying to look down on people mm. even though he's got nothing to look down on him about no. but when someone comes in who he thinks is better than him yeah. he gives them everything that's it doesn't he and that's what I like and I thought yeah straight away I was thinking yeah you know what this is going to be about because mm-hmm. that's it's when basically they go on that place got like, he's very impressed by people who mm. are supposedly upper class upper class yeah it's I really know in America this is the thing where they, mm. they, we've talked about class before in the mm. States but they you know they understand what it's all about yeah. like you know when he seriously wanted to be upper class didn't they mm-hmm. more than anything in the world well, I think this is the episode as well where um, it all starts off with the um, working out oh he's doing an advert advertisement for uh, to be put into Country Life magazine yeah. make sure we say that one right because you remember well, yeah. what happened when we was at uh, our work experience years ago uh, <laughs> yeah, look yeah, at yeah. those Country Life magazines there and he wants to put in, you know this advertisement in this upper class magazine so he can get the right the kind right of clientele so this bloke turns up and uh, he, he's dressed in a suit and, and Basil's his typical well you if know, you remember way. Uh, it, that's the one at the beginning because there's a uh, there's a man stopping there yeah. who he doesn't like because he thinks he's knocking it, knocking it off with, and he's the kind of people he doesn't want yeah. even though he's rich and got everything but mm. he's got nothing to do with the money no. it's the class that it's he's impressed class. with That's isn't it now uh, Danny Brown's a character right there. he's actually a policeman yeah. and they come a policeman played by Robin Ellis now Lord Melbury he makes his entrance by Basil goes you know into yes and he goes what's your name he goes Melbury he goes first he goes I don't choose a first and he goes title Lord and suddenly yeah. you see that he screws up the piece of paper mm. oh hello sir hands clasped kind of thing and he does everything for him and he's actually a con man and yeah. it's Polly who first notices that something's not right with him and he does that thing that he puts the two bricks in the suitcase at the end and Basil opens it and he's the look on his face that he's yeah, been had angry, yeah. and he's got these other guests turn up as he says that and he goes Lord Melby how are you 
bastard! Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely. Oh, that, yeah, I think it's a great episode. Episode two, The Builders. Um, the L is slightly crooked on this one. Mm. And stars a wonderful date as O'Reilly yeah, yeah. and uh, Michael Cronin as Lurphy. And do you want to tell a little bit about The Builders? Can you remember yeah. The Builders? Yeah, well, uh, this is... Ultimate stereotypical yeah. episode. I'll right? tell you the funny thing about this. This is right what you were saying earlier. You've watched them so much. Mm. They all blend into one big episode. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you think, oh, I thought that was a different... Mm. Because you watch well, it that's, so that's much. That's why I want to see what, what you say yeah. before I, I give the actual the synopsis. Yeah. Now, if, if I write about this one, this was where he wanted some... He wanted a hatch put in the... New doorway. A new doorway mm. to get from the kitchen to the thingy because you had to walk all the way around. And, yeah, and uh, yeah, again, that was just an Irish stereotype, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, because now Sybil wants this extremely well-known firm, who of course costs a, a little bit more money. Yeah. As Basil wants to use O'Reilly because he's cheap. He's cheap. And O'Reilly puts the wrong. Uh, he, he actually blocks the door up and puts the door in the wrong place, doesn't he? Yeah. And so basically, all that is is about because him trying to get the door fixed before Sybil comes out and and. David um, Kelly is just so. I mean, David Kelly's still going now. Well, he was. You know. he's, uh, he's in um, make of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He yes, plays, he plays Charlie's grandfather. One of the yeah, the yeah. Grand, he plays. So, the I mean, and he don't look that much different. No, and he also was in Robin's Nest with one hand. Yeah, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah, I'm sure. But doesn't he get? Did he play a gangster or something? And he gets killed in some in quite a gritty. He's, he, one of them people's been around, knocking around for years. Hasn't wonderful, he? wonderful actor. Yeah, obviously, he's a bit of a dad's army thing there. He's obviously playing a lot older than he actually was. Wasn't yeah, he? because you look at um, Clive Dunn. Yeah, and, uh, I've actually saw there was a wonderful episode on. Uh, oh, James, who listened, James, who does the uh, Dad's Army podcast. Oh, you'll probably correct us. Uh, I think it was called Two Feathers and um, he, basically what it was was um, this guy to, this old army guy turns around and classes turns around and accuses um, again, well I've subject but still yeah. uh, of uh, Jones of being a, a, a yellow belly a coward and hence so his mother feathers and it shows they go back to the, I think it was the Boer War and um, and it shows oh Jones. is that like a play on the four fe- feathers yeah yeah oh, it could have been that maybe four feathers anyway I'm sure James will let the four feathers is one of my all time favourite um, stories it goes back, shows Jones then and, and it's actually Clive Dunn about his old makeup on. Oh, I'd, love, look, you know, I'd love to look. see that. Really, just look, I actually watched it on YouTube yeah. the other day because huh? uh, I'm hoping to get the Dad's Army box set for my birthday. <clears throat> hint, wife. Hint. Yeah. Never know. Um, it's probably not. Do you will listen to this? No, she doesn't. <laughs> you got, yeah, he doesn't. No, right. she doesn't. Um, next episode, uh, The Wedding Party. Uh, mm. The W is crooked on this. Uh, October 3rd, 1975. Uh, featuring Trevor Adams as Alan and Yvonne Gillen as Mrs. Poinoir. Hmm. Now this is the one I'm a bit. This, is, this is not the most well known. Yeah, I'm not, this is the one with the um, the young couple mm. in the, and he thinks they're up to something nefarious in the bed, and he don't trust that's them. That's the one. Yeah, see, I've, straight away, as soon as you start talking about it, it all comes back to you, and that's where he thinks they're being really. He don't want that kind of thing going on. Well, his, he gets. He, <laughs> is that when he puts his hand that's on the? That's the yeah. <laughs> he gets you can't read that. Don't read really on the podcast. No, he puts but, his hand on the woman's breast. Yeah, that's oh, a really good scene. <laughs> now that's a proper fast. That's actually scene. a blooper on. Um, on uh, if you look at the Forty Towers bloopers on YouTube, where uh, Super Slam and the whole set just shakes, yeah. and, and John Cleese goes up and starts tapping it as if it's a hard thing. <laughs> yeah, the wedding party. Every turns Basil sees guests fraternising in what he can. Considers to be an immoral way, whilst he tries to hide his own infatuation with a charming French film our guest. But it is he is the one who ends up with trousers down in public, while the guest's behaviour turns out to be purely innocent. Yeah. Okay. Next episode is the uh, hotel inspectors. We've uh, uh, the elves missing. Oh no, it's uh, forty two er on the on the uh, sign. What's that? So forty two er on the forty two er sign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, featuring the wonderful Bernard Cribbins yeah. and uh, James Cosin, and uh, they play the men uh, who turn out not to be the hotel inspectors. because ah. that episode's all about um, Basil thinking as a. A hotel inspector turning up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He's trying to get himself in a guidebook or something, mm, isn't it? Yeah. That's it, yeah. Uh, episode of that is Gourmet Night, and um, with the sign saying "Warty Towels." <laughs> now that's the that's the one. I'm not too. I don't. What's that one about? Obviously, you're going to tell me. But uh, Basil is filled with local VIPs accept an invitation to a gourmet evening. No riffraff, we should point out. Mm. Uh, Basil then embarrasses himself and annoys the guest by addressing the short Mrs. Hall as Mrs. Small yeah. and fainting when introduced the Colonel, who has an unfortunate twitch. 
to a Lionel Twitchin. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, his new chef gets drunk and can't cook for oh, his that's battle, right, yeah. Uh, to order a duck from a local restaurant. On the way to collect it, his car breaks down. That's where you see the uh, the infamous one of him hitting yeah. the branch with the. With a, I think it was a Maxi yeah. the car, it's, wasn't it? Yeah, Maxi. Yeah, that's not the one with where he, That's not the one with the American when he has no, the no, Waldorf salad. Yeah, that's and Waldorf salad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, of course, he finally goes back at Forty Towers to find out he's accidentally collected a trifle instead of a duck. Oh. And, uh, pretty good. Now, probably the most famous episode ever made on Forty Towers is called The Germans. And uh, there was nothing, and that starts off with Basil actually having concussion. Yeah. So there's no opening titles. Um, October 24th, 1975. Yeah. Your thoughts on The Germans? Yeah. Episode. Like, like, <laughs> my thoughts on The Germans. <laughs> Don't get me started on the Teutonic race. <laughs> um, I like it. I, I think you're going to say it's a great episode, mm. but. You, it's like if you if anyone's ever going to show a clip, it's a bit of him doing his funny walk, and it's yeah. like yeah, well, all that is because people think it's like Minister of City walks, exactly, don't they? Exactly, it's a good episode, it is, but you just know it so well, don't you? Mm. Yeah, you know, and it plays on the it plays on the British and the German thing, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, um, I think. It's got a, it has got a great line in it where they're arguing and he goes, uh, oh, you started no, 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 no. it. We're going to play the clip of that. Oh, yeah, that's such a great line, that is. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, what I, I mean, it is a great episode. Basically, it is Basil is anxious when he finds out that the hotel will be having German guests with lingering feelings about World War Two. The major doesn't seem too happy either. After a fire evacuation practice goes wrong, Basil wakes up concussed in Sybil's hospital. Sorry, <clears throat> in hospital. Uh, he then ends up coming back because he's totally confused. He keeps saying, "Do not, don't mention the war." Of course, the fun thing that he does is Basil keeps mentioning the war. Yeah. Now, the one thing that I like about this episode is that I cannot tolerate people who bang on about things in the past. Oh, it annoys yeah. me. Well, Britain, like, we like, we've got oh, that an awful lot. We are so so pathetic, and I don't care who I upset when I say this. Um, you know, I'm not being funny or anything, but. You know, it's the same thing about football. Will people please stop banging on about us beating the Germans in 1966? Uh, I think I really? think that's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. We've gone about is... one World Cup. They've won it four times yeah. and never talk about it. Nah. We win it once. It's like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. We're the only football team. We're the only fans in the world. Now, this might be a bit offensive. Who sing two World Wars and one World Cup? Yeah. And that's that, a song. Yeah, that's just embarrassing <laughs> in my mind. Yeah, that is because we've all sung it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's you think what you're doing. Oh. You know. Oh. Well, again, the good the good thing that comes out about that, and and to be fair, I mean, we don't. We, well, we speak the truth anyway. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, uh, it makes uh, makes the English look out. To, well, Basil makes yeah. uh, the, uh, the English to be totally embarrassing because the the Germans come out as, as they are, a thoverly decent oh, bunch of people. Lovely people. Lovely, lovely country. People. Lovely. I love it. Going, like, going there next year. Looking uh, forward to it. It's amazing. Oh, uh, look, it's, they're such nice people, and it's such a lovely country. So we're going to play the clip now, in which you realise see how much of an arse Basil actually is. Are these Germans too? Oh, yes, but I can do Right, right. Here's the plan. I'll stand there and ask them if they want something to drink before the war. Before their lunch. <laughs> Don't mention the war. Can we help you? <laughs> Are you speaking English? Of course. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. Ah, please allow me to introduce myself. I am the owner of Forty Towers. And may I welcome your war? Your war? You war? You war? You war? <laughs> and hope that your stay will be a happy one. Now, would you like to eat first or would you like a drink before the war? Meaning <laughs> that our trespasses will be uh, uh, tied up with piano wire. Sorry, sorry. On the wall. Korean! Korean more sorry than Korean. Thank you, we will eat now. Oh good, please do allow me. May I say how pleased we are to have some Europeans here now that we are on the continent? Can I speak to Dr. Finn, please? I didn't vote for it myself, quite honestly, but now that we're in, I'm determined to make it work, so I'd like to welcome you all to Britain. The place is grilled, but that doesn't matter, there's life in the old thing yet. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Got a bit confused there. Oh, yes, the place is grilled. In fact, the whole room's a bit warm, isn't it? I'll open a window. Have a look. And the veal chop is done with rosemary. Funny, thought you'd gone to Canada. <laughs> and it's delicious and nutritious. In fact, it's really good. Really good. Wheel is good. Yes, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Never mind. May we have two ex-mayonnaises? Certainly. Why not? Why not? Indeed. We are all friends now. Eh? A prawn cocktail. All in the market together. 
Old differences forgotten, and no need at all to mention the war. Sorry, sorry, that's it. What was it again? The prawn cocktail. Oh, prawn, that was it. When you said prawn, I thought you said war. Oh, oh, the war. Oh, yes, completely slipped my mind. Yes, I've forgotten all about it. Hitler, Himmler, and all that. Oh, yes, completely forgotten it. Just like that. Sorry, what was it again? A prawn cocktail. Oh, yes, Eva Prawn, yes. First, and girls, too. He's not going to hardly remember at all. And I'm pickled Hank. Herman Goring, yes, yes. And Von uh, Ribbentrop's, that was another one. And four cold meat salads, please. Certainly. Well, I'll just get your hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres, which must be obeyed at all times without question. <laughs> sorry, sorry. George, will you please call your wife immediately? Simov! Simov! She's in the hospital, you silly girl! Yes, hold her there! I can't! I've got too much to do. Listen, don't mention the war. I mentioned it once, but I think I got away with it all right. So, <laughs> it's all forgotten now, and let's hear no more about it. So that's two egg mayonnaise, a prawn gurgles, a Herman Goring, and four colded salads. Oh, wait a minute, I got a bit confused here. Sorry, I got a bit confused because everyone keeps mentioning the war. So could you... What's the matter? It's all right. Is there something wrong? Will you stop talking about the war? Me? You started it? We did not start it. Yes, you did. You invaded Poland. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Germans, uh, the sample there, which is uh, always played on every TV program, mm-hmm. you see. Um, and that was the end of season one. The Germans was the final of, uh, of season one. Then we go into season two. 1979, so there was a good <clears throat> four-year gap of, what, uh, between what, what, them. Did, did he do anything in that four years? Uh, well, John Cleese had started up his... Um, now, had he started up that business company that does videos for conferences and all that kind of stuff? I think he'd done yeah. that. Now, ooh, what would he have done in between in that year? He appeared in Ripping Yarns, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, because uh, it's the one with the football team and he walked past the nooks like that. That's hardly... Yeah, really, that's, I mean, that's, that's four-year gap. I can't think of anything what? else. Oh, no. Hmm. You know what? I don't know. Well, I know that it took them. It took them a couple of years to actually write it. Well, of course, he was writing. Ah, he was writing Life of Brian. Yeah. So they spent seventy. Yeah, because Life of Brian was right between nineteen seventy six yeah, and nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. So that that took a while of time. And let's face it, that's one of the greatest films ever made. It is. There you go. So uh, yeah, season two comes back on in the nineteenth of February, nineteen seventy nine. The first episode broadcast was communication problems. Uh, L on faulty towers there. Uh, misspelt and we've actually got a clip to play of this yeah. um, but do you remember anything of um, communication problems that's the, the no, I think this series is the one that I don't know as much as the first series which sounds ridiculous when you've watched it loads but the show the first series every, oh, they're always repeating the first series mm. each season see we started calling it season as well now we, 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 yeah that's, because, that's because we keep watching Battlestar Galactica that's because yeah see the American mm. way of doing things in it um no, I can't remember that one. Okay, well, this one is. I'm not going to say, obviously, but. It's the, with the guest from Hell, played by Joan Sanderson, who's a wonderful actress. I think she's passed away as well. Uh, playing Mrs. Richards, who's deaf. Um, and she doesn't stand for any kind of nonsense. And there's also a nice little thing in this as well where Basil. Sybil doesn't appreciate, uh, well, doesn't put up with Basil's gambling. He likes a bit of a flutter on the faces. And uh, this is where he tries to get uh, you know, some money goes missing because some money doesn't go missing. He, no, you know, and this is where he's getting Polly's doing all the yeah, gambling. Gamb- 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, there's a wonderful line in this, uh, in which is uh, Mrs. Uh, Richards is complaining about her hotel room, which uh, we're going to play now. See, uh, we've only got two clips of the Germans and. Um, and this one, so we'll play this clip now. Good morning, madam. Can I help you? Are you the manager? I am the owner, madam. What? I am the owner. I want to speak to the manager. I am the manager, too. What? I am the manager as well. Manager, he manager. <laughs> You're what? I'm the manager. What? I'm the manager. Yes, I know. You've just told me. What's the matter with you? Now listen to me. I booked a room with a bath. When I book a room with a bath, I expect to get a bath. You've got a bath. I'm not paying £7.20 per night plus VAT for a room without a bath. Where is your bath? You call that a bath? It's not big enough to drown a mouse. It's disgraceful. I wish you were a mouse, I'm sure. (laughs) And another thing. I asked for a room with a view. Deaf, mad, and blind. Uh, this is the view as far as I can remember, madam. Yes, yes, this is it. When I pay for a view, I expect something more interesting than that. That is Torquay, madam. No, it's not good enough. Well, may I ask what you were expecting to see out of a Torquay hotel bedroom window? Sydney Opera House, perhaps? The hanging gardens of Babylon? Herds of wildebeest sweeping majestically? 
I expect to be able to see the sea. You can see the sea. It's over there between the land and the sky. <laughs> I need a telescope to see that. Well, may I suggest that you consider moving to a hotel closer to the sea? Or preferably in it. <laughs> now, listen to me. I'm not satisfied, but I've decided to stay here. However, I shall expect a reduction. Why? Because Krakatoa's not erupting at the moment? Or... Because the room is cold. The bath is too small. The view is invisible. And the radio doesn't work. No, the radio works. You don't. What? <laughs> See if I can fix it, you scabby old bastard. Okay, episode two of... Um, uh, it's a good little sample, that, isn't it? Very good, very funny. Um... <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> uh, episode two of uh, season two, series two, series two uh, is the psychiatrist uh, featuring yep. Aspel Gray as Mrs. Abbott, Nikki Henson as Mr. Johnson, and Luan Peters as Rayleigh Miles. Uh, sign on the front there says Water Falls. Any, uh, any remembrance? Yeah, I think this is quite. This is actually quite an interesting episode because this is where what the, the actual the, the male psychiatrist realizes that uh, Basil is a very unhinged person, isn't he? Mm. And he doesn't like it, does he? No, he doesn't no. like they the know, fact they notice they n- what what he's like. Yeah, that yeah, and that's a good episode. That is, but that's about yeah. Again, this, when you start when you start you start reading it out, I'll know everything about it. But it's, uh, a psychiatrist and his wife, also a doctor, uh, comes to the hotel for the weekend break, and they cannot help but notice the eccentric. We always do that every yeah, episode. Yeah, it, I screw. Is this up the one word. where he's trying to get? <laughs> he's trying to get into the room because he thinks someone's well knocking someone else off. That's yeah, the one, yeah, 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 yeah. And it turns out to be. Mrs. Yeah. Johnson's mother. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, now the one that you was mentioned earlier on, uh, episode three of series, uh, series two, was Waldorf Salad. Uh, Flay Otters is yeah. uh, is the sign on the outside, and it features uh, Bruce Boer as Mr. Hamilton and Claire Nielsen as Mrs. Hamilton. Um, now this is the, this is the thing where you, you get an episode where the Americans are you yawning? I was yawning. <laughs> uh, when you get the Americans who just do not stand for uh, no, that's for, like, yeah, uh, and he gets his comeuppance and to me. If I would have finished the series, this would have been the episode I would have finished it on. Because everyone's got, everyone tells him the truth. Mm. Everyone has, it's like that, but everyone loves me, everyone loves me. You know, when he goes, well, everyone say what's wrong with him, and everyone has a go at him. And even Sybil, because Sybil leave, and she goes, no, right, I'll leave. And I would have finished it if him walking out the doors and being. Because he actually, he doesn't actually see that, but you don't know if he gets hurt by that because he doesn't seem to. No, he doesn't. But he must do because everyone, apart from the major, but even the majors don't. Even the main doesn't moan about what he does, does he? But no, it's a really good episode, that is. Really good. Now, we, earlier on, we were talking about the differences. Uh, you were saying that you class 40,000 more as a sitcom, as yeah. I say, I class it more as a farce. farce. I think this next episode proves that to a certain degree. Well, not proves it because it's not an argument. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and this episode is The Kipper and the Corpse. Um, Fatty Owls is the sign of the front. They're broadcast on March 12, 1979. Um, now a guest dies in the hotel now this is, a, this is the thing that I think me and you like is the fact that and we've talked about this uh, I think Ricky Gervais has not copied but is definitely influenced by this episode because if something happens right, you know if somebody in your living room now just fell down and died mm. right you wouldn't hide the body, would you? No. You'd phone up the police and the ambulance. And <laughs> yeah, that. see again. That's the most obvious thing that you do. Even if you've got guests coming, say you got like, say you've, your first time you ever met Emma, yeah. and she's coming round here, you know, you want to impress her, and someone died. You wouldn't hide. I suppose part of you would think, what's she going to say yeah. if she comes in the first time I meet her and there's a dead body in the room? You'd just go, <laughs> dead body. She's dead body, yeah. yeah. And you'd probably break the ice. Yeah. And these episodes, now a guest dies in a hotel during the night, and Basil assumes that it was the out of date keeper that the guest was given. Soon after, Dr. Price looks at the body, and Basil and Manuel decide to hide the body while Dr. Price waits for his sausages. This is, be- yeah, this it's is because this is the the, cat, it's the cat, isn't it? It's the cat, yeah. Because the, the cat is coughing up and he thinks, oh, he thinks is that, that the other cat? Yeah, is it the furball one? Yeah, that's it, yeah. Uh, also, Polly and Manuel feed a wealthy woman's dog. Ah, some extra spicy sausages after he bites them both. Now, uh, the wonderful Jeffrey Palmer. Yeah. Uh, plays Dr. Price in this. Do you, uh, what else has uh, Jeffrey Palmer been in? No, this is, you like him, didn't you? Did, was mm. he in. Um, oh, uh, isn't that a sitcom with Penelope Keith, wasn't it? Was he in a thing with no. Penelope Keith? 
He was mainly he, he, the the actress who he's worked most with is Jame, Dame Judy Dench. That's it, Judy Dench. I can't. I remember. think it was as time goes by. Time goes by. That's it. He's that, been in several Bond films. The, it was the last one last year. They did it at Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's last thing I saw him in was uh, actually Mrs. Brown. I watched the DVD of the other night. Uh, yeah, and, he's uh, a very good actor. Yeah. Isn't oh, it? he's a superb actor. And he's got one of those faces that just look like a caricature. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's the what I class as the Barry Norman caricature. Yeah, yeah. Some people who get yeah. old have almost yeah, look like a Toby Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, the next episode is the anniversary. Flowery twat. <laughs> yeah, that's my favourite. <laughs> yeah, because that shows you. Because we've talked about this, the word twat. It's obviously been around for a long time, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because we all might assume the it's word like twat a modern thing, but obviously it's been around a long time. <laughs> I don't think we need to go into an no, explanation about that. It's a, it's a pregnant fish. <laughs> that's, what it really, that's, what, no, that's what it really means. So God knows how we got to the other thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Let's not go. Yes, no, 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 no. Uh, and this is a uh, yeah. This is Basil invites some friends for a surprise wedding anniversary party, but Sybil assumes he has forgotten their anniversary and storms off, leaving her husband Polly in a disguise, desperately telling the others that she is ill. Another one of those again. That's another example of almost like a farce of uh, that. And uh, Glenn Camp, Glenn Campbell, sorry. Ken- See what's on your mind. <laughs> Bloody, we ain't doing a podcast on Ken Campbell. You can uh, again. Ken, oh, gee, mate. Ken Campbell. I tell you what. We you know. We you know what we should stop doing. What? You know, we talk that fast. Yeah. That we end up getting tongue-tied. Yeah, it's the Brummy Mumble. Brummy Mumble, so apologies to everyone in America. Uh, Ken Campbell as Roger, and your favourite actress, Una Stubbs oh, as Alice. What? I can't stand. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Just that. It's one of them women. I just. I've never. Can't stand her. Yeah, well, you know. I, yeah, I hated Words of Gummidge. You really? Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, I, you know, I, I don't remember an awful lot of Words of Gummidge. You know, I think I think because because John Pertwee to me is just Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. And we get to the final episode of uh, of Forty Tales, which is called uh, Basil the Rat. And uh, uh, my favourite name on the sign, this one, is Party Tales. <laughs> Party Tales. <laughs> Yeah, these episodes, just, yeah, again, been done to death in England, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, the local health inspector issues a long list of hygienic <clears throat> uh, changes, including two dead pigeons and a water tank, that's what he finds in the actual hotel, uh, which the staff must immediately sort out. After Manuel's hamster escapes from his cage and he's loose in the hotel, Basil and Sybil must catch it or at least kill it before the inspector finds it first. Uh, so it's actually it's not a rat, it's um, a hamster. Oh, it's, he's, a, he's a rat, but of course... Uh, he thinks it's a hamster, uh, he thinks it's a, thinks it's a hamster. So that was the um, all the episodes, all 12 episodes... Of uh, Forty Towers, there. Um, yeah, there, I mean, really, there's not a bad episode. You know, it's it's just the, almost like the tiredness of it. I think. Yeah, it, it's just it's one thing. It's been eternally repeated. So you know, you've had Sky. I've got Sky. It's just always on UK Gold, isn't it? It's just always on. Mm. I'm not saying that. And to me, it's sort of it's it sort of watered how, how effective it's been because it's like you what. I can put it on now and some episodes you think oh no I've saw this one it's like Basil the Rat that it was on funny that it was on last night mm. I was thought all 40 toes is on oh what's that and it was Basil the Rat you think oh not again yeah it's, yeah, it's, like it's a funny episode to... but you know you're waiting for the bit with the head in the bloody yeah. in the biscuits I was like that you know, oh. I went back and I was watching all the episodes I mean I adore MASH and uh, and um, one of my friends uh, in, in America uh, Kenny he's thinking of doing a, a, a MASH podcast and I think you should do it because I'll come and join you on the other episode um, but yeah, they always played the same episodes when they get repeated on Sky. And in fact, the only episode they don't repeat was uh, Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen, which is a two-hour special. And I tell you what, I sat there every day watching the episodes of MASH, looking forward to it. And when I didn't play it, I was most upset. Uh-huh. Um, got extremely well um, you know, uh, acclaim when it was uh, shown. In fact, uh, Clive James, who uh, I think is a legend in uh, broadcasting, when he was writing for the Observer, uh, said that the second episode had him retching with laughter. Yeah. Um, of course, never get on the wrong side of John Cleese. Uh, critic uh, Richard Ingrams, I think we know him. Um, then uh, he was a television reviewer for The Spectator. Um, ravaged, I think, ravaged the show, but kind of like you know, did a Rory McGraw on it. And uh, so Cleese got his revenge by naming one of the guests in the second series, uh, Mr. Ingrams, who is caught in his hotel room. With a blow-up doll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got several awards, got several BAFTA awards, um, and of course it was, um, you know, all over the place. It was uh, remade in several countries, and uh, uh, and there was uh, the odd um, reunion for it. Uh, yeah, it's funny that you know, John Cleese likes a book, doesn't he? You mm. can't believe he's never never thought about doing a film because, especially at the time, it was the big time where you'd make a film out of a TV series. Well, I mean... And the, the, the scope for a film, there the really is, isn't there? They was going to do a, uh, a film in which um, 
he was Manuel in the hotel, and yeah. and uh, Basil just kind of like wasn't he? But um, they've recently that's just good, that's a good that's a good idea yeah, actually yeah, yeah, that exactly. revolves it all with him being the uh, the stereotype he's, of yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the stupid Dago who can't do anything. That would have been a clever episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would have been a clever film actually. Um, an interesting fact, you know, Andrew Sachs recorded his own version of the Joe Dol- uh, the Joe Dolce card Italian song "Shall It Be Your Face." We, as, as Manuel as Manuel but um, he couldn't really, he was never released because um, Joe Dolce actually released the, uh, his version he first. died didn't he yeah. uh, Do- uh, died yeah. just recently yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Prunella Scales returned as Sybil in uh, 2007 for uh, a couple of sketches for Children in Need um, which revolved around um, Hotel Babylon now they've just uh, put on a programme mm-hmm. which really annoyed me because I cancelled my um, cable yeah. subscription <laughs> and so I couldn't get Isn't I couldn't get UK gold and uh, they did a programme called um, uh, Faulty Towers Reopened which it was really good oh, it was a 30 year reunion Really good. Imagine that and yeah, because you saw it. Did you see? Yeah, it? yeah, I did. Like I said, there weren't nothing you didn't know about it. Yeah, but it was just did. nice hearing and them actually talking about it for yourself mm. than off old clips or reading it, thinking, oh, they might not have said that. And this was actually them talking. The interesting thing was, uh, the interesting thing it was that you thought oh, I was going to be like a standard, but it wasn't. A lot of it was about what the mindset there was at the time, especially John Cleese, because he's having serious problems with his anger at the time, wasn't he? Because mm. it. Because he's had them since he was a young man. He has got oh, serious yeah. anger problems. Well, you you look he? at all the sketches of Monty Python and you're looking for the angry man. It's John Cleese. The restaurant sketch is a classic example, which was what we played on the Monty Python episode. He does... He is a, I, 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 now he's, he's I think he's mellow, now, mellow you know, But he was. I know because even Pernese Giles was on it saying that you really had to watch the kind of mood he was in every day because he would just explode. And she said he didn't mean it personally. He just couldn't control... Mm. He couldn't control his... Uh, Temper? His, no, but going from calm, he'd just lose it. And then calm it's, down, it's, he didn't it's, mean, mean yeah, it. Yeah, it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing, isn't yeah. it? Uh, I mean, Connie, the one thing I'd like to think, because Connie Booth has refused to talk about Faulty Towers since they wrote it, um, you know, for the 30 years, because obviously she's got a different job now. She, she's out of the spotlight of it. And, uh, and the one thing that um, they both commented on, is that, as what we said earlier, I was trying to remember how long it took me. It actually took them six weeks to write each episode Can't of Faulty Towers. That. So, they wouldn't get, I'll tell you what a production company wouldn't give you the time to do that you know I think, I think it takes probably uh, Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant about the same time to mm-hmm. do that you know for each episode well there you go then I suppose it's brilliant so good, isn't, isn't it? it there you go so uh, that's uh, anything else do you want to talk about Forty Towers anything that comes to mind uh, I think we've uh, well we're going to have a lot of things now I, mean, you've, I, mean, you've, I think it's one of those things where you know you're never going to get an episode or a sketch from them ever again because Fort John Cleese is obviously getting on quite a bit now it wouldn't uh, work and uh, Connie Booth doesn't want to do it and I think it won't work I suppose you, if you did Cleese. it you'd, you'd have to do it out of Forty Towers now you'd like what, what you know where would he be now if, as a 70 year old man where would he be yeah, a, a good idea I think you could do one where he'd be in an, an old people's home mm. where he'd be still being <laughs> the same in an old people's yeah. home yeah. I think that'd be cool. It would, but he's I never going to do. He's, he's never, never going to. His and own. also because the fact, as I said before, I mean, uh, I mean, everyone goes. Uh, Forty Towers is a partnership between John Cleese and Connie Booth. We've and surprisingly, you know, on that on that program to talk about earlier about the, the reopened. Surprisingly, what he says on there is people think I wrote the funny lines, and it was Connie Booth who wrote the really funny yeah. lines. Yeah. I did all the in between stuff. Mm. Now you wouldn't think that because they go, oh, he's the natural funny. because the male chauvinism you are about comedy. It's got to be the men who wrote the funny things. She must have been sitting there for. Yeah. She put in as much work I think, as he did. Yeah, you'll find that I mean, kind of probably wrote the majority of the Basil stuff and he wrote the, the yeah. actual kind of line. There was another, who was someone else was like that. Um, was it Richard Was it Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder? Which was something like that, where when it came to Blazing Sad. No, it was, yeah, I'm sure Richard Pryor wrote the lines for Gene Wilder's yeah. character and didn't Mel Brooks write the characters for Cleveland in. Yeah, in I think, yeah, again, I think like you that? think it was, you, you know, because. Gene Wilde himself is not a particularly very funny man. No, he's, 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 not. he's very serious. No. Even though, like I said, we've, we were brought up on Gene Wilde and Bruce oh, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I still mean, I mean. I was watching Bruce's Millions, you know, the oh, other week. That's such a good film. It's that a is. really funny film, that is. I was watching, um, you know, I was watching it with Silver Street. Yeah. It's got some cracking Patrick lines Patrick out. It's got that brilliant bit where they're walking through the train station. He's in the walk like a black man, doesn't he? When he blacks him up. Like, oh, I love that scene. Oh, anyway, 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 there we go. So uh, you get a lot for your money. When you, well, actually, it's free. I don't know what I'm saying. So there we go. So that was Forty Towers. Again, uh, anybody wants to send any comments into our, uh, our wonderful little podcast, we think it's wonderful. Uh, send us some prize. Go on, send us something. Or even just, if you don't like it, let us know what you'd like us to change and we'll ignore you. Um, send us an email to waffleonpodcast at googlemail.com. And as per usual, uh, if you've got this uh, from uh, iTunes, 
you can go to our site. You'll, there's a little link to it there. Uh, it's at http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com. I'm hoping soon that we'll be changing, we'll be owning our own domain name. Uh, but more about that when we actually get it sorted. That'll be in the show notes. Anyway, so once again, thanks for joining me, Cal. Thank you very much. And we'll see you for our next episode. Everyone, take care. Bye. He is starting to quote Star Wars. Yay. And and he does it in character. Like he quoted Luke Skywalker recently when my uh, SUV broke down in the Target parking lot. Oh, no. And it was such a pain in the rear to fix it. And David had to have it towed because, I mean, he's a pretty good mechanic, but he couldn't fix this problem. Not Aww. in the parking lot. So, But later on our way home, we were just so exhausted. It was like 9 o'clock at night and we're on our way home after him crawling around under this SUV in the parking lot and getting his nice business clothes all oily and everything he still retained the humor enough to turn to me halfway home and say uncle owen this r2 unit has a bad motivator and i said uh, hey what are you trying to push on me you know you just earned your geek cred right there that's by a little quoting bit star wars cred. yeah definitely <laughs> he just laughed what would have been really funny is if while he was working on it you should have been like would it help if i got out and pushed <laughs> <laughs> I could have, but at that moment, probably not a good idea. Not a good idea. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. This is Rick Moyer. And when I'm not listening to Waffle On, I'm producing my own podcast. And here's a shameless plug for it. Are you ready? If you like geeky TV, if you like science fiction, if you like life in general, and you want to be encouraged every week, join me for Take Him With You, the weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. Nobody's going to force you to believe any certain way. You can just enjoy being encouraged and listen to some crazy stories and some fun music every week. So join me after you're done with Waffle On. Tune in, go over to TakeHimWithYou.com, click on the iTunes, and download away. TakeHimWithYou.com I'm Barry Scott. Ooh, that was a bit noisy. Hello, this is a promo for the Flashing Blade podcast. I'm Tony, and this is my plucky girl assistant, Joe. Hello. That was a bit breathy, Kensington Miss, wasn't it? Hello. Anyway, um, what, what, what do we do? What do we talk about? Oh, we talk about stuff and things. And things? Yeah. Doctor Who, science fiction, all sorts of silly stuff like that, but mainly Doctor Who, because it's my obsession. I'm the ancient wise one, and Joe knows, well, bugger all really about it. I'm the plucky one, (laughs) apparently, allegedly. Yes, she's very, very, very plucky. We get Joe's completely fresh views on all sorts of things to do with Doctor Who, and my ancient, ingrained, indefinable magic views. Um, So that's the Flashing Blade podcast, available from www.flashingblade.org.uk, iTunes podcast. Asked Ali, blah 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 blah. That's the end of this promo. Toodles. Bye. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny, and I'm Jenny. When you're not checking out the Waffle On podcast, why don't you check out Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the web series The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2. As well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo! (laughs) All history is crap. Not my words, the words of Harrison T. Ford, inventor of the motor car and black paint. But was he right? Yes, but we've no way of knowing. Because here in the 23rd century, all the historians are dead. Hello, I'm Phil Hayes, and I'm speaking to you from the future. 
When I'm not reviewing important historical documents like the Waffle On podcast, I'm presenting a video podcast called The News at Then, bringing you all the latest live from history. In your time zone, you can find our reports on something called the Internet. So go to that part of the Internet called newsatthen.com. That's N-E-W-S-A-T-T-H-E-N dot com. The News at Then, working around the clock 25.10 to bring history to life. But not like a zombie. That would be hideous.